Good morning. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan, and this is our weight management call for New Skin. Great products, keep you well, keep you healthy. TR90 and Body Burn 30 with emotional support from our weight management call will keep you healthy, well, and hopefully surviving this terrible this terrible virus. Although after listening to Cuomo last night, who has it, um, the announcer Cuomo on CNN, he says if you get it, you mustn't lie down. You have to get up and you have to breathe and you have to make, you have to fight it because it, it, it wants to fill your lungs up and you have to, the nurses did a patting exercise and if you've got someone living in your house who can pat your back up and down, you can do your front, but get someone to pat your back. It loosens stuff in your chest and it keeps your chest clear. I thought that was really cool. All right, so we are here for weight management. I hope you are managing to get out and walk. It is probably the most important thing you can do, even if you can't get to a gym. Remember that steady walking is awesome. It is what got walking and climbing stairs are what have got me to my returned health. John Rady talks about walking as probably being one of the best things you can do because it involves the whole body. And if you, when you're walking, if you can walk in more minimalist shoes, Richard Manning says that's probably a lot better for you. And if you can walk on the grass or if you can walk on, in the woods on in a path where you have to focus on your balance, that's really, really good. And if you can practice your balance every day, when it comes to that little trip or fall, you'll be able to catch yourself. And it's the falls that get you. Truly, truly, it's the falls that get you. All right. And this is what um, John Rady says. I'm getting to the end of his book with Richard Manning, Go Wild. This is what he says. All of this keeps me mindful, just as walking in the woods, sorting through the novel environments, demands that I be present. So be present, get out there, walk. That those walks can slow down diabetes, slow down Alzheimer's, dementia. They are what will keep your body ready to be to cope with most of the problems that you're going to face. So that. I don't know that you'll live any longer, but you'll live a whole lot better while you're getting there because we definitely all have to die and that's something we all have to face. Anyway, that's for another day. Now I'm going to go back to, okay, last week I started off on what Richard Manning had to say and I am going to go back and start his section again because I think it's, it just gets us reset to where we are. I have been instinctively drawn to wilderness all my life, so you might think that I would have figured out its benefits a long time ago and would not have waited until my 60th year to realize the potential of living wild to affect my own well-being. I think we all have to go through that kind of pain. This is me commenting. Because I didn't start figuring out stuff until I was 60 either. So 
I think that this is a normal thing. You have to go through the pain of life first before you get wise. And yet, here I am for the first time in my life, fit, reasonably happy, and wholly unmedicated and optimistic. I weigh less than I did in high school. I had to buy all new clothes last year, and I run marathon races in rock and ice terrain. I'm sorry, I'm never going to do a marathon race. He has another drive, and that's the other thing my thoughts are for today. You each have to find what works for you. You have to find your own path, and then you have to live it. It's a lifetime style change that you have to figure out for you because as we all have a different face and a different body, we all have different needs despite the fact that we are all the same, if that makes sense. In truth, this turnaround was a long time coming, a product of a lifetime of thinking and living, and yet the process that led to this book, the thinking and living of these ideas, intensely built a critical mass that can easily be read today in my body and bearing. A long-held tenet of my writing life has been that there is no reason to write a book unless the process of doing so irrevocably changes your mind or your life. This book exceeded those expectations. I'll tell you, for me, reading this book has exceeded those expectations. It's changed my life. As I find out what works for me, you'll have to figure it out for yourself. It's difficult to mark the exact moment, the things, the single thread that pulled to begin unraveling it all. But then it's not altogether arbitrary to say it began in earnest with a $50 heart monitor. The whole process came together in a flash of realization I was no longer set taking steps to solve a problem. Instead, each new step was directed at exploring how much better life could be. And I was no longer solving wounds. I was exposing or I was exploring a potential that seemed limitless. The heart monitor I owe to John. We met in the summer of 2010 by coincidence, introduced by a mutual friend, Bessel van der Kolk. I read Spark. I want you to know that I read Spark too, and probably around 2010, 2011, it was right before I found Newskin, or Newskin found me. I don't know which. Anyway, this is really interesting. So, in Spark, it recommended a heart monitor, but it also introduced many important matters. I couldn't get a heart monitor. That's when I introduced myself to a Fitbit. That was my heart monitor. I'm just telling you what I did as I went through this book and they talk. At about the same time, I had admitted to myself that I had become fat and sedentary. And so I would re resurrect my long-standing, off-again-on-again relationship with running to get back in shape. I walk. He runs. I did that but was plagued by injuries and meager results, forcing myself into daily slog as one would swallow a bitter pill. The heart monitor turned out to be the first step in making the pill less bitter. Inexperienced runners try to run too fast, which is torture while you are doing it, but especially in the periods between runs. Too much speed too early makes the activity anaerobic. 
and the heavy level of exertion takes a heavy toll, especially on fat, old body, on a fat old body. I was feeling worse, not better. That's when people stop because they're doing it the wrong way because they feel worse. If you feel worse and not better, then go back and figure out why you feel worse because you're probably not doing something right. I hate to tell you. I was feeling worse, not better. But the heart monitor slows down those of us who push too hard. It governs a sustained aerobic pattern, and then you start to feel better. He says, I was still fat and depressed, clinically so, but I was moving. Then I happened to meet Christopher McDoodle's book, born to run and it struck a deep and resonant resonant chord in the wild side of my nature that's Christopher McDougall M-C-D-O-U-G-A-L-L born to run it said nothing as much as this thing this running I was somehow driven to do was driven by evolution evolution I knew What's more, the book argued that I didn't need to pound pavement, negotiating a roar of ill-mannered traffic. Running, in fact, could be done on mountain trails, places I know and love. I live in Montana, and wild is all around, a simple fact that has more to do with my well-being than any other. But there were deeper tones in the chord. I had long thought and written about environmental well-being, especially about the role of agriculture in reshaping the natural world and our bodies. All of this summarized in in my book of 2005, Against the Grain, How Agriculture Has Hijacked Civilization. And I'm looking into this book because I think I might want to share it with us. You never know where you're going until you get there sometimes. This was more than environmental theory for me. I had adopted a low-carbohydrate diet, diet in, the, in the mid-90s and have, and have all my life been a hunter. The red meat supply in my house has been dominated by venison and in Montana elk and the occasional pronghorn antelope since I was a child. Yet, like John, I was not fanatical about my diet. Occasionally lapsing into plates of pasta and probably much more critically drinking too much wine and beer. The ideas about evolution and running in McDougall's book were an excellent parallel to the arguments I had long made about food and agriculture that were damaging our planet, that we are, we were, we are damaging our planet and our lives by ignoring the conditions that shaped us through the deep deep human time, recognizing that parallel almost instantly, it seems in retrospect, brought me to two thunderbolt realization. If this was true for food and motion, it must be true for other topics like sleep and state of mind. But more to the point, if these matters were so fundamental, important, and important to our well-being, they were worth more than intellectual investigation and thought. They were worth living. This is just to take a little sidebar here. Because we are quarantined, 
all the seismologists have said that the earth is going still and all the big cities that had huge air pollution over them are being cleared out and the air is clear again and that the earth has stopped shaking from all the movement of traffic all over the world. Is that not a message? Okay, I'm back again. Now I play a wild card in the story. Neurofeedback, which is becoming an accepted method for me treating depression amongst other things. Before I knew depression's proper name, I had my own term, even as a kid, the black hand. I saw it settle periodically on my father and that he, that he would for no reason retreat into brooding silence and anger. It seemed for weeks on end. Soon enough, those habits became my own, and eventually I learned to call the state depression. It is also called sadness for no reason, which is true enough, but it also thrives well if you give it a reason to do so. I had spent a couple of de decades leading up to this book, writing especially about global environmental degradation, poverty, and government collapse, but not just writing about them, I am a meat and potatoes journalist and so research these matters by traveling and reporting some of reporting in some of the more desperate corners of the globe. All of this made me a solid citizen of the Prozac nation, medicated like many for years at a stretch and advised by physicians that these pills would be a condition for the rest of my life. Then I heard about neurofeedback. This technique of mod is the modification neuroscience EEG, but it is not simply a passive me measure of brain activity. A therapist designates desired areas of the brain and levels of activity that will open up underused neural pathways. The patient watches a display that looks like a video game, and that rewards him for using these neural pathways. Simple rewards like brighter colors or richer, louder music. No one knows why the patient is able to do this, but almost at will activate those pathways to, to achieve the reward, but he does. And because depression, like so many other problems, stems from locking into old pathways, using new pathways helps to make it abate. I got better. But the technique here is not the point. Plenty of evidence says that there are other ways to get a bit better when you have depression. And Prozac is one of them. In, in retrospect now, though, three years later, and unmedicated all that time, I think the real point is how I treated that improvement. Not as a cure, but as an opportunity. This is what Love and Logic says. When you blow it and you make a mistake and you learn, Take that lesson and that mistake as an opportunity. So as you build your new lifestyle, take it as an opportunity, a bit of breathing room, a platform of strength that could be the basis of what else needs to be done. And I'm going to stop there and there's more to come. But before I get off, I wanted to say two more things. I'm using my neti pot every day. I put some tea tree oil in, and of course, it's a saline solution. Because this virus is airborne, I really feel that it's important to wash my airways out every day. 
So if you've not tried a neti pot, you might want to think about it. They are amazing and it keeps my airways clean and it stops them from getting clogged and it also helps with my um, asthma and my allergies. That's the first one. The second one is, and I'm going to get off and take this into conversation, but um, Nikki wants to try a Zoom session with us all. All right, let me just stop. All right, let me just hold on here. Where am I? Come on, phone. There we are. We'll leave it on um, record. Thank you for listening today. I hope you found it interesting. And I want to tell you a little bit about Zoom. I would like you, if you can, on your computers or on your phones to load the Zoom app. It's not very hard to do. And Nikki has an account. And what we will do is, once I've got it figured out with her, we're going to try a Zoom session one Monday to see how it goes. And you guys can all sink in. You don't have to show your face. You can leave your your page blank if you want. But it's another way to do the calls. And for Nikki, it would make it a lot cheaper because I didn't realize that it was costing her extra cash to call, to make these calls for us. So if even if we could do it once a week where we could try it. So I want you to to leap out of your comfort zone if you haven't done it and load Zoom. It's in your apps. It's free. And then what we do is we'll get a, a meeting number and a password, and then you can join us. All right. So has anybody got any comments? And hello, I've stopped talking. <laughs> you sure about that? I'm not really sure. <laughs> you might have 40,000 more words to go yet. <laughs> oh. as, far, as, far as, as far as loading the Zoom app, that is real easy. Sometimes they, they can even um, email or text you a link. And you can join in that way, just saying, because that's how our church service has been doing our services for the last three weeks. Um, I know, and it, it works really well. I've done a couple of Zoom sessions. In fact, we had our annual subdivision meeting done by Zoom ah, so, that we could, so that we could get our, the plans ready for the summer. I think it's amazing. And my family is going to do their Seder on went on Thursday night, the second Seder on Zoom. We are virtually <laughs> we're virtually doing it this year. That's we're awesome. Going virtual. That's my my girlfriend's had a birthday party on Zoom. <laughs> I think yes. it's fabulous. So that sounds like people are not afraid of Zoom. So I'm going to talk to Nikki and get her to set it up, and then I will give you the information, and we'll just keep broadcasting it each day so everybody can be ready. How does that sound? Great. Sounds good. I agree. 
And that way her Canadian buddies can join in too. And I think that's awesome. And it's taking me out of my comfort zone, but it's okay. I can do this. <laughs> I'm sure, and listen, if you can go and go up to wherever you went and got the furniture and bring it down, I'm sure you can do your Zoom. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's it. Pull on those big girl panties and stretch. <laughs> <laughs> So, everybody, it's 10 o'clock, and it's probably time to turn over to the Facebook Live One Team Global session full of ideas and things to help you get to build your business. And otherwise, have a great day. And there's still lots more information. These guys have some real suggestions. But I want you to really think about what works for you. What are the things that have, for me, it's been walking, climbing stairs, and I've been stretching by learning some meditation, and I now stretch every day, and I do some other small exercises that I wasn't doing before. So you find the thing that works for you, but I'm at 25 to 26% fat, and I am thrilled. I think that's really good for an old woman. You don't want to get too thin because if you get too thin and you get sick, then you don't have any fat to live off. And I think that you need a little bit of healthy fat. But these guys definitely say, oh, wait till you see till when you get, we get a little further. They say eat fat. Absolutely. It's part of what you need. And if you train your body, you can actually train your body to use the fat as your energy. Okay. Sounds good. It's very interesting. It's not a full keto diet, but it certainly leans that way. And there's, there's some really interesting comments. So everybody have a wonderful day. May your sun shine. May you get out for your walk. And may your heart be cheered. Thank you. You as well. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.